Good morning, everyone. Glad to stand before you today. I hope there is something that can be said today that will be helpful to all of us. That's what uh, I know I prepare for. I'm sure Matt prepares and all that preach the Word of God. Appreciate Brother Artie's prayer. And uh, indeed, we're going to talk more about Jesus this morning. More about Jesus and special things that He gives to us that uh, helps us through this life. Our scripture we're going to begin with this morning is in Acts chapter 1. If you'd like to follow along, turn to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to look at the five, first five verses of this chapter and think about some other things along the ways this morning. Luke says that the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Notice again in verse 2 that it said that the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the holy apostles. Commandments is plural. If you read through the various translations of the Bible and you go to the American Standard Version or you go to the Revised Standard Version, it has commandment in the singular form. And a little study on that, uh, looking at the Greek and all, commandment singular would really be a better uh, translation at this point. What the commandment that he's talking about is the Great Commission or what we have called the Great Commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone that they might obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. This was a commandment that was given to the apostles to bring to a lost and dying world, and indeed they did that. Jesus had the authority to give this commandment. Matthew 28, verse 18, He said that all authority has been given to Him uh, here on heaven and on earth. And we find that he also promised that he would be with us even to the end of this age, Matthew 28, verse 20. So the apostles were given this great commission. And uh, I want to just first look at this, the three accounts. The first one is found in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." We go over to Mark chapter 16. And Mark's account says this, beginning in verse 15. He said to them, 
Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Then we go over to Luke chapter 24. And we see in verse 44, beginning in verse 44, that he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So this is the fundamental command of the Lord's church. Now we notice here that Matthew and Mark and Luke all say things generally the same, but different wording, different thoughts are given there. So which one's correct? <laughs> well, actually all three are correct. We noted in John's gospel this morning that John said that he didn't record everything that Jesus said. He said, if, if, if I recorded everything that Jesus said, the, the world could not hold the books of the things that Jesus said and did. And we know that Jesus was on this earth for 40 days after he'd been resurrected. We saw that in our text. And so this is something that no doubt he had mentioned to them on different occasions. We don't know everything that he did during the 40 days. We don't know everything that was said during the 40 days. But we do know that he was with the apostles quite often. And no doubt he told them this same thing over and over again using different words to explain it. We know that the gospel must be preached. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 and 2 Paul said, Moreover brethren I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you which also you received in which you stand and by which you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Paul affirms that, that he had taught this gospel to the Corinthians. We know from the book of Acts that, that he spent uh, a year and a half with them. That uh, there were people there in Corinth that had a heart to listen. Had a heart to accept the things that were being said. And so he had preached this message with them for this uh, period of time. And he affirms that they had received the message. That they had been standing by that message and that they had been saved by that message. And, but he yet gives them the warning that they need to hold fast, hold strong to the words that they had been given, that they might continue in the faith that had been taught to them. Paul also said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. Brethren, we need to be careful because we have some brethren today that are becoming ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We cannot be ashamed of that gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. This, this is the message that we need to bring to people 
if we want salvation of souls. We, we can very easily bring a different message. We can very easily uh, entertain people and, and, and make people feel good. And, that, and, and we can fill up this building. And that's what people are doing today. They're filling up their building, but they're not really getting out the message that needs to be brought out. And there's people that believe that they're being saved. There's people believing that, well, if I just feel good about everything and I believe that Jesus is God's Son, that that's all that's necessary for us to do today. But that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul affirmed that in Galatians chapter 1 when he said that there are people that, that bring a, a perverted gospel it's, it's, it's the gospel, but it's not the pure gospel. It's, it, it's a different gospel than what was presented to them. And so they're being lost with that gospel. So we must not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation. To everyone who believes that gospel, to the Jew first and also the, the Greek. You know, philosophy and all these other things, they don't save. In fact, Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, Beware unless someone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. Again, he, he's saying the same thing that, that we're talking about right here. There's people saying things that's not according to Christ. It's according to things that they have brought up in their own minds their own imaginations, and some who have just basically are deceiving others. I can get enough people in here, these elders will raise that pay up, and you know, we'll get paid good. No, that's not why we're up here bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't want to deceive people. We're more concerned about the souls. There is no substitute for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave the apostles plan A, and he did not give them a plan B. Plan A is to go out and preach the gospel to a dying world, and that's it. And so the gospel must be taught. It must be taught publicly. It must be taught privately that we can bring souls to Christ. Now I want to go back and look at these three accounts of the Great Commission. Go back to Matthew chapter 28 again, if you would. Some of you say, well, Brother Doug's just reading him. He's not saying anything about it. Well, we're going to come back and look at it now. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18. I want to read it again. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. The emphasis that we find here in this passage is Jesus is talking about teaching. When he says make disciples of all nations, well, how do you do that? You teach people. If you want followers, you've got to teach them that they can follow in the way that's correct. And so teaching is, is given to us here that we are to teach people, make disciples of them. And when we make disciples of them, that's when we baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But then notice he says you continue teaching to observe all things 
that I have commanded you. Why? Well, there's a lot of people that just doesn't know anything about the Bible at all. A lot of people out there. Let me share this with you. I, uh, you know, I teach choir, middle school choir, and we have some songs in our repertoire that uh, are what you might call spiritual songs. We have some songs about Abraham, or maybe songs about, says something about Moses, or some kind of Bible event. In fact, uh, after, uh, after our winter break that we're about to have, I plan on pulling out a song for one group. It's about Jonah. And I promise you there will be someone in that class will say, who is Jonah? What's this about? Where did this happen? <laughs> I mean, what fable, uh, you know, what fable book do you find this in? They won't know anything at all about the story of Jonah. There was a time anybody would know about Jonah. But we're living in a day and time that there's people that have never opened their Bible. These children haven't. Their parents likely haven't either. Their family has not ever opened this book. They, they know the name of Jesus. They know the name of God. And beyond that, they probably don't know anything else. But there are some people out there that at some point in time, they go, you know, there's got to be more to this life than this life. And then they start asking those questions and they start searching and they start looking and they come into our midst and we teach them and, and lo and behold we make disciples of them that they understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. They, they need to repent of their sins. They, they're baptized into Christ. And if we stop right there, well, how are they going to know what to do? <laughs> how are they going to know uh, how they're to be as Christians if we don't teach them the Word of God. We must continue to teach. And it's tough sometimes. Brother Matt and I have talked about this on, on several occasions with each other. There's someone we, we have brought to the Lord and then they don't want to study. And we try to get them to understand you need to study because it's for our spiritual health. It's for our spiritual growth that we can become one that's no longer a babe in Christ after some point, but someone that can stand firm, just like the people in Corinth that we read about a moment ago, that they can stand on that gospel and affirm to others the faith that's within them. Isaiah said in Isaiah 54, 13, Your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. If we can be taught the word of the Lord, it will strengthen us. And help us along the way. Because we are the product of what we are taught. That's, that is a true statement. Whatever we're taught, we become a product of that. Well, let's go to Mark's account. Go again to Mark chapter 16. Verse 15 and 16, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. The emphasis here is preaching. The thing I'm doing this morning. We teach, we also preach. We proclaim the word to anybody that will listen. We tell them about the hope that lies within us with all meekness and fear. We're to preach the truth in love. We must preach this word 
to the world. And that's what he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Our world is right here in Sumner County, Portland, Tennessee area. We're people above the ridge <laughs> for the most part. Wherever we live, wherever we are, we need to be people who are preaching this gospel to everyone that we possibly can. To anyone who will listen. And you see, when, when someone believes it and is baptized, they will be saved. A good example of that is found in Acts chapter 8, starting about oh, verse 32, 33, somewhere in there. We read about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. This man, he, here he is. He, he's a eunuch from Ethiopia. He was a treasurer uh, for Queen Candace of Ethiopia. He had taken this chariot, it had uh, been brought into Jerusalem to come back and to study. And on his way back now to Ethiopia, he's got this scroll in the chariot, but he must have had a driver. <laughs> and he, he's, uh, he's reading this scroll, he's, and he, he, don't, he doesn't understand it. He don't know what this prophet is talking about. The prophet happened to be Isaiah. And in our Bibles, it happens to be chapter 53. And he's reading that, and he, he don't understand what's going on here. And Philip comes along. Philip was called up by the Spirit and was sent to him. And he stopped that chariot. He gets up in there and, and starts telling them about Jesus. Who's this prophet talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. He preached to him Jesus. And no doubt he talked to him the response that you have when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, when you believe that He died on the cross for your sins and He was resurrected. Because there was a point, He goes, oh, here's some water. Why can't I be baptized? <laughs> why would He ask that? <laughs> because Philip told him about it. That's why. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. No doubt Philip told him that. He understood what that meant. He understood that, okay, I believe it. Now there's another part to it also. I've got to be baptized. Let's take that same man once again. He's in that chariot. He comes back and Philip gets up in there and he tells him about Jesus. He tells him all the things that he, that he said. And this Ethiopian man goes, no, no, that don't sound right to me. That doesn't sound right to me. Well, why can't I be baptized? Well, he wouldn't ask that, would he? Because he don't believe. If he didn't believe, he wouldn't ask that question. Get out of my chariot. I'm going to go on home. <laughs> I don't know what this scripture means, but I don't think it means that. And you know, that's what people are, are today. There's some that just don't believe it. Well, if they're not going to believe it, there's no purpose for them to be baptized into Christ. We're to preach the facts of the gospel. And those that believe it surely will say, well, where's the water? I want to be baptized into Christ. Let's go over to Luke's account. Luke 24, verse 44. You know, we, we read Matthew's account quite often, don't we? We talk about it, we preach on it, and we do Mark's account quite a bit. We don't look at Luke's account that often. Verse 44, Jesus said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses 
and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Basically, this is some of the same things that we just read about a few moments ago in the first chapter of Acts. But the emphasis that Luke has given us is Jesus is emphasizing the divine plan of, of everything that, that we've talked about. Notice again back in verse 44, he said, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was with, still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He said that these things were written. These things have been taking place over the last couple of months and actually over the last three and a half years was no accident. The, the, the very being, the, the very sense of me being here and this ministry that we've been doing through Galilee and Judea and even in the middle there with Samaria, this was no accident. Me dying on the cross was not an accident. Me being resurrected from the dead was not an accident. These things were written in the law of Moses. These things were written in the Psalms. These things were told to us by the prophets. Everything that had taken place was supposed to happen. And it happened by the divine plan of the will of God. God had planned that from the very creation. And you 11 men, you 11 apostles need to understand that. <laughs> Y'all kept thinking I was going to start up an earthly kingdom. That's not what it's about. This was the plan from the very, very beginning. And notice in verse 45, it says that he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. You know, we've been studying the prophets on Wednesday night for a pretty good while. And I, I know I've said this on several occasions. We study the prophets on our own, and I still study uh, as I continue to study now, I get reading in those prophets and I go, what on earth is he talking about right here? What is this about? Who is he talking to? What, what help does this give to anybody? And what, what does it mean to me? Do you ask that when you read from the prophecies? There may be some other parts of the scriptures we read too. We get in there and, and there are some parts we don't understand. We go, what is this about? And we need a little help with that. They were like that too. You know, there was these apostles. They, they no doubt had heard the reading of Scripture from, from, the, uh, from the priests, from the scribes. And, and no doubt they, as they were reading from the Old Testament law, there have been times they were listening to those things or they read from the prophecies. They were going, what on earth is this about? Remember the Ethiopian eunuch? We mentioned him a moment ago. He didn't understand Isaiah. He said, Who is who's this man talking about? Is he talking about himself or someone else? 
He didn't understand. But on this day, it says that Jesus opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. There is a point when you study enough, you can comprehend. Jesus gave them some extra help. I'm going to put a little bit more wisdom up here. I'm going to help your thinking. You know, we talk about putting on our thinking caps. He, he put on a special thinking cap on these men that they could read those scriptures and that, oh, that's what that means. <laughs> that's what he's talking about. That's great. And then he says to them again, it was written, it is written, and thus it's necessary that the Christ suffer and rise from the dead the third day. We get it now. <laughs> this was supposed to happen. There was nothing we could have done to stop this. There was nothing we could have done to prevent your death on the cross. There's nothing we could do to prevent your resurrection from the dead. It was a divine purpose for the salvation of the souls. We get it now. Their hearts have been opened. Their, their understanding had been open to know these things. He says, okay, now, now that you understand this, you go to Jerusalem, and you stay in Jerusalem, and you're going to get power from the Holy Spirit. And when you get power from the Holy Spirit, that's when I want you to start teaching and preaching these things. This didn't start back in the wilderness with John the baptizer. It started in Jerusalem with these 11 men and they, before that time they actually selected that 12th man to bring it back to 12. You start that in the wilderness or in, in Jerusalem and preach that gospel. Jesus was telling them what was going to happen in the future and he wasn't talking about 2,000 years later or 5,000 years later, he was talking about the near future. Actually, he was talking about 10 days later, these things were going to happen. And they waited, and those things finally came to pass. When we studied the Great Commission from any of these three Gospels, it refutes false doctrine that's out there in the world today. It refutes the false doctrine of, of predestination. That is, we're all just puppets here and we're going to do what we're going to do. God has already predetermined how we're going to live, who's going to be saved, and who's going to be lost. Well, if that's true, then why do we go teach and preach? If, if it's true that our eternal destiny has already been decided, what's the point of preaching? What's the point of teaching? Well, the purpose is so we can bring people to Christ. It hadn't been predestined. It also refutes the doctrine of, of infant baptism. Because Mark says, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. These little ones cannot believe a thing. <laughs> they don't know what we're talking about. An infant does, have, does not have any understanding of the things that's being taught. Now finally we get to a certain age, we start understanding things, don't we? It's starting to... Uh, gel with us as we get a little older I mean you don't go to an infant and say well here I'm going to teach you geometry today <laughs> they're not going to get that I'm going to teach you science no they're not going to get that 
But they do later on. They have that ability later on, and they have the ability later on at some point in life to understand the Great Commission, to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we must wait to that point in time. It also refutes the faith-only doctrine. Jesus said we've got to believe and be baptized. Once again, the eunuch asked for it. We're, i got water here. Is there anything else I need to do? Is there some detail you left out? It also refutes the doctrine of any religion is acceptable. They were told to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Once again, they, they received a plan A, did not, did not receive a plan B. Other religions preach other gospels. They have a plan B. They have a plan C. There are some churches today that says, okay, Tell me how you want to be saved. <laughs> do you want to read the do you want to quote the sinner's prayer? Do you want us to pray for you? Do you want us to baptize you? you want, you know, how do you want to be saved? We don't have those options. We're given the same message every time of what we must do. And we need to follow that. We go back over to Acts chapter 1. And we see the things that were read at the beginning of our lesson. Jesus talked about that promise that's going to come to him. But verse 8, he goes on to say to them, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. While he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. These were the things that Jesus said just before he ascended back into heaven. And just as it was given to us in Luke's gospel, they were told to wait in Jerusalem. Wait till you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive it, you're going to become witnesses of me starting in Jerusalem, going into all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Well, let's think about that a minute. Acts chapter 2, where were they? They were in that place in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit came upon them, the first four verses. Sat upon them as uh, tongues of fire. And they began to be able to speak in these foreign languages, foreign tongues. And the next thing you know, they were out there preaching this message to all that were in Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. We have Peter's message recorded to us. And Peter brought that very message that Jesus told him to, to give. He told him, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people obeyed that gospel that day. And, and they continued to grow there in Jerusalem. The ones that believed were baptized. I don't have any record here of those that didn't believe saying, hey, I want to be baptized too. Well, why? <laughs> why do you want to be baptized? If you don't believe, there's no purpose in it. But in the later days, more and more people believed and they were baptized and the church grew. But they stayed there in Jerusalem. They stayed close in Jerusalem and Judea until Saul of Tarsus came and others came that was threatening them and persecuting them and hauling them off to prison and actually having them stoned to death such as Stephen 
Then they started scattering, and we read about Philip. That's when he goes to Samaria, and he teaches the gospel to them. Guess what they did when they believed it? They were baptized, both men and women. And he heads on down the road. He sees the Ethiopian eunuch. And then from there, we read about how, at that point, uh, Peter and his teaching to Cornelius and his family, and how Paul then takes the gospel into the entire world. That's the story of the gospel. That's the story that's given to us today. It's the story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how we are to respond to it. And we respond to it by believing it. We respond to it by repenting of our sins, being baptized, or confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, and then being baptized for the remission of our sins, being faithful unto death. And to do that, we need to continue to learn and study more about Jesus. If you are here this morning and this great commission now, this gospel is, is uh, something that you understand better and you know what you need to do. You haven't done it yet but you, you're ready this morning. We're ready to receive you. We're ready to take your confession. We're ready to baptize you into Christ. If you have another need and you need prayers of the church we'll pray for you also. Please come as we stand and sing.